what you got to say. Let me get that. To the end zone. Touchdown. First down and more. Dalvin Cook breaking free. Edwards thought so. It took a fifth overall in the draft when he came out of play in the stage. Miles Sanders dragging tackles. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the premiere of Turf Talk. I am one half of your host, Dylan. You can follow me on Twitter, at DylanJD98. And my other half to my right, the better half of this duo, my man, Scotty. You can follow him on Twitter, at Scotty Drowned. Uh, we are streaming to you live through the Painted Lines Network. So if you're new to the channel, please hit that subscribe button. Like this video um, as we come to you through their Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube account. Scott, how are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. I'm just getting the episode shared out here. Make sure we get all our viewers in here. But um, I'm feeling great. Uh, we're coming off, you know, a, a decent, it, it's a controversial draft class. But uh, overall, I, I was happy with the results. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to, to kick off this NFL show. We finally get to do our full-time thing together, co-hosting together. So I'm excited, man. Let's go. Turf talk. Yeah, man. I hope my Wi-Fi is okay as well because I'm getting the little, the little low bar here that I'm unstable. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we're good right now. But uh, yeah, you said it best. Controversial. Um, feeling uneasy after after the weekend because, uh, as we know, I think 99.9 percent of the Eagles fan of this Eagles fan base is in agreement that Howie Roseman actually surprisingly. My jaw, I'm still picking my jaw up off the floor. Did the correct thing on Thursday night. Um, actually traded up ahead of the New York Giants with our division rival Dallas Cowboys to get the guy they wanted to go up and get the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, at pick number 10 on Thursday. So we crushed the first night, absolutely crushed it. And then it was like, okay, what does Howie do from here? How, how does Howie? continue to you know maybe write the ship or you know prove me wrong and prove a lot of people wrong and i don't know if he did that scott so let, let's get into it and let's look at this at this 2021 eagles draft class um and here are your new philadelphia eagles Devonte smith was selected at number 10 overall in the first round with the trade landon dickerson his teammate at alabama center we will get into that selection in the second round milton williams from louisiana tech in the third round zek McPherson, corner out of Texas Tech in the fourth round. Kenneth Gainwell. Now, that is a name we're going to get into later. Running back out of Memphis that a lot of people are excited about. I'm excited about. He's actually my second favorite selection of these nine picks. And then we have Marlon. Help me out here, Scott. Tui Pilatu. <laughs> Tui Pilatu. Yeah. Pilatu. Yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> All right, uh, USC, I believe. And then we have Teron Jackson out of Coastal, Jacoby Stevens, who I know he's a late-round pick, seventh-round pick, or six, late sixth or seventh-round pick out of LSU, safety-slash-linebacker uh, hybrid. I'm actually kind of excited for him. And then we have Patrick Johnson to wrap up the nine. So, guys, comment as much as you want to over the course of the show. We already had dives. What is going on? Um, and, and make it more fun. Join the conversation. Uh, ask us any questions about this NFL draft, about the Eagle selections, and 
Uh, we'll get to as many as we can. But Scott, how are you feeling about those nine names that I just listed? So, I mean, we we kind of digressed before the show started here, but um, you know, <laughs> oh my goodness, Kent, get out of here, dude. <laughs> but um, no, uh, you know, there's there's just a lot of question marks there. Um, in my personal opinion, overall of the entire draft class, I think the grade, um, you know, how well we did in it is all going to depend on that Landon, uh, Landon Dickerson pick, uh, the center out of Alabama. Um, he, he has all the potential in the world. Let's, let's get that out of the way first here. But um, his injury history is concerning and it reminds us of somebody familiar. Um, and, you know, I think, I think this whole class kind of depends on that. Now, if you have a bunch of late round studs, obviously it won't matter as much, but that second round pick is usually pretty important. Um, It's very important when you're talking about a guy that is supposed to realistically come in and be a day one starter. And it's not just a second round pick, Scott. It was essentially guys that, you know, had first round grades. It, you what, what was the Eagles pick? The sixth or seventh pick um, into the second round, I believe. Yeah. Could be wrong there, but it was very high in the second round. Um, so guys that had first day one grades um, that slipped, and we all know why he slipped. I mean, listen, if it works out, and that's going to be the key word over the course of the show, if, and that's why I'm feeling uneasy, because if it works out, it's a great selection. And yeah. Brian Baldinger came out and said that uh, Landon Dickerson is the best pro- offensive line prospect since Quentin Nelson, in his opinion. So if Landon Dickerson can can uh, can work out, great selection, right? But you hit yeah. the nail on the head. Four years at Alabama, ACL, ankle, ankle, ACL, in the national championship game. When was the national championship, Scott? December, man. January, <laughs> December, yeah. January, hmm. December, sometime around there. But... Yeah, okay. So... It, it is a scary pick, and it's a scary pick for the reason that you just brought up. That's so fresh in my mind and in a lot of people's minds here in Philadelphia. Um, Sidney Jones, and now I know it was Achilles and not and not ACL, so you know a far worse injury in that case. But Sidney Jones was talked about as the best or one of the best corners in that draft class, correct? Yep. Sidney Jones tore his Achilles on his pro day. Um, Sidney Jones slipped to the second round where the Eagles took a flyer on him. How'd that pan out, Scott? We see a <laughs> not too good, right? Playing so, ball in Jacksonville, so. so excuse me if I'm hesitant to jump on the Landon Dickerson train already. Okay. Excuse me if I don't trust the management in this Eagles organization. I get it. Dude seems fun. Dude can do a bunch of cartwheels in the back of a video. And he seems like an awesome guy. The comments he made about Nick Sirianni and the uh, rock, paper, scissors was hilarious. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't know. And we have a, we have a comment here. I don't need him to be a day one starter. Need him to get healthy and allow Kelsey to retire next year. And, and I get that philosophy. And, and again, if he pans out and he is the kind of prospect that a lot of people think he is that Brian Baldinger alluded to with the comp to Quentin Nelson. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> you can look, I'll tell you, I'm on board. I was wrong. I shouldn't have been worried. You so on and so forth. But with the amount of holes this Eagles roster has, again, a second round pick. Now, unless he is healthy and starts in places, say Amala this year, because he can play other positions on the line, apparently. Um, again, a second round pick. 
won't be an impact player the following season. I'm sorry that I'm not patient enough for that. <laughs> Are you, Scott? Um, it, you know, in, in hindsight, maybe, you know, when we're down the road and, and if it all works out. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you right now. I, I guess for me with the Landon Dickerson pick, um, it's it's not really about where we drafted him. So he was he he was a um, he he was a first round prospect in some people's minds, and uh, he did he did slip to the second because of injuries. Now, with that being said, I had him mocked in certain situations to the Eagles in the second round. So just to kind of clear that up, it's not it's not necessarily where he was picked. It's just who was on the board at the time when oh. he was picked. Yeah, you so mean guys of other positions of need too? Yeah, exactly. And you look at those guys, and these are ready to go starters day one um, in their respective positions. So that's kind of where I was looking at it, and that's what makes me so in the middle on the pick. I think he's got extreme talent. I just really hope it goes our way for once. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Jake – we're off to a hot start here on Turf Talk. You got the first part of your sentence right. I do not like Hallie Roseman. Um, these picks were great. Jake, can I ask you how the hell you know that? Uh, did you did you want um I'm sorry, did you want Milton Williams in the third round? Did you want Zach McF did you want them to wait to fourth round to take a corner? And they got Zach McPherson, who again is a big if to this roster, and I know that a lot of people, the Twitter geniuses, didn't like to pick. Daniel Jeremiah and other other analysts and scouts had him ranked very highly. I hope it works out. He couldn't get on the field at Penn State, so he transferred to Texas Tech. I don't know why he couldn't get on the field at Penn State. Fit, didn't get along with coaches. I don't know, but there's question marks, okay? So these picks were great, man. Uh, Please, uh, share your optimism, and and share your thoughts as to why and and talk and not talking about the ledge because I think it was a good draft. I'm if you want to grade for me, I'm giving this draft a B. And I think that's high for Hallie Roseman. For Hallie Roseman to be um for a Hallie Roseman draft class, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you just hate how I mean the picks were great. It's hard to say great, right? I mean, yeah, the Devontae Smith pick, kudos to Howie, and we'll we'll get to that. But you know, to say these picks are great with so many question marks coming off the board here, it, it doesn't really make sense to me. I I get the optimism. You know, they have high potential if everything works out. That That's a lot of players. Um, so, you know, in that case, I, I don't know. To call it a great draft, it, it's hard to say. And that's that goes for any draft. And that's what makes, you know, these mock drafts, everything that leads up to the draft just such like, you know, not to be corny, but like it makes it a mockery, literally. Um because, you know, you're putting out so much information, so many different opinions, but they're just that. They're opinions. We have no idea how these draft picks play out. And and maybe, maybe you know, Jake's right. Maybe it is great and we're in the, the dark on this one. But um, I have nothing around me. There's no amount of tape that I can watch that will make me think that, oh, this draft class is just great today. And I know that. Like, there's right. no way for me to know that. He absolutely killed the first pick. I'm on board with Landon Dickerson if it pans out, but I'm sorry that I'm skeptical that the dude has torn two ACLs and shattered two ankles in four years at Alabama, and he just tore the ACL in in the national championship game a few short months ago. So sorry that I'm skeptical there. And the, the reason I say that to you, Scott, is because we said it before the show. And again, 
I get the comments here, and Dobbs has been saying it for, for weeks and months now. The Eagles aren't looking at 2021. They're looking beyond, and I get that. I know the Eagles are not going to be very good in 2021. Completely understand, and I like the comment that says you ha- like try to look at it as both drafts combined because yeah. that's where the, more of the holes will be filled, and I did not expect, nor should anyone expect, all the holes to be filled in one draft. It's literally impossible. But I said to you before the show, how many starters can you name in this draft class on this Eagles roster? For sure, starters, there's only it's one. one. You know it's what I one. mean? If you're being realistic. It's one. And I'm not even talking about players. I'm talking about as of right now, um, Landon Dickerson. Now, he could start this year. I get that because he could, if he could play guard or whatever. But he he can't. He I'm going to say he's not a starter right now. Milton Williams is a rotational defensive lineman. We already know that's coming. The running back is going to be a rotation piece. McPherson, as I said to you earlier, Scott, might be forced to start out of necessity, but he's most likely going to be a rotation piece at the other side of the field across from Darius Slayer, wherever he plays. Um, And then later in the draft, none of those dudes are going to be starters. They're all going to be developmental pieces. And I'm not expecting round fifth and sixth and seventh rounders to be starters. What I'm saying is you pick, you knocked it out of the park with pick one starter rounds two through four. You would hope to find a couple starters in there, right? Scott, one or two more, at least you there don't have that. You drafted rotational pieces. Right? And, and here, and then this is what I wanted to ask you, right now. I don't know. Again, I'm more NFL than I am college. I'm not going to, I'm not going to come out here and lie to you guys and say that, I did all this research and I had my own big board and ball. I had my big board for the first two rounds, right? It says for years, we criticized Hallie for not sticking to the board. Now we wanted him to draft for need. Well, was Milton Williams, the board in round three, Scott? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be an ass. I don't think he was clearly from our head scout or from Donahue in the war room video that wasn't where he wanted to go, right? So was Milton Williams in round three, who's now going to be a rotational defensive lineman, the board? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the the interesting part about that, and, you know, I've, I, we've all seen the video of uh, who was it, Tom Donahoe yeah. or something like that, um, senior scout advisor, whatever the case may be for the Eagles, um, obviously displeased with the Milton Williams pick. Maybe not the pick itself from what I heard, um, from what I heard, he was upset that we traded back from 70 to 73. He wanted Aaron Robinson, the cornerback, who ended up going to the New York okay. Giants in the in the uh, third round there. Um, and, and I'll go ahead and throw this out there because it was brought to my attention because I had republished that video. And uh, it, it is it, that is something that probably goes on in a lot of um, war rooms during the but draft. It's never you know, broadcasted. It's never broadcasted. That's the problem. And that's been the problem with this Eagles team for the last two, three years is that everything is pushed out to the national media. So when you see a, a scout not giving Howie some dap on a pick, that looks really bad. Um, given Howie's track history, you know, with not sticking to his scouts, not sticking to the board. Um, so that's, that's kind of what, you know, what throws me off. But in the same sense, it is normal to have disagreements between people. Like everybody in that room probably had favorites for each pick that they wanted to get, but you know, not everything needs to be nationally broadcasted and and it's embarrassing. No, I completely agree. And I guess another part of my frustration was the fact that 
you know, one of the holes that people thought they were going to address in round one was cornerback two. And then he didn't do it, and he went the route I wanted to go, and he gets the Heisman Trophy winner. And like I, I'll continue to say it. Can't believe he did it. Absolutely crushed Thursday night. And we'll get to that pick in a second, his impact and how our emotions going on the, at the time of that pick. Scott, I, I did see your video um, of your live reaction of the Devontae Smith pick. Great, great emotion. Um, but my point is, so they don't address it in round one, and then he waits to round four for to take a corner? To take a corner that, again, is another, you know, maybe? That maybe. Would be, yeah, that, that would be my biggest criticism of the draft class. And it's the one thing that kind of, it's like a detractor. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a lot, there's some positives, you know, some risks in there, but this one is just a detractor. And it's just the simple fact that they ignored the position, man. Like fourth round, I, I get it. Like they're, they're real high on this guy. I've heard reports that they were considering taking him in the third round, which would have been very typical of the Eagles to do so. Um, I, I did just want to point that out, considering we got him in the fourth round. So um, the fact that they were thinking about that, they're obviously high on him. But it, it was one of those positions. And I know George uh, G. Theodosis there. That's George. He's one of my buddies, actually. But um, he pointed out, you know, are, are we drafting for need or do we want Howie to stick to the board? So it's like, you know, I, it, it, it's a tough to find middle ground there. But what I guess we're getting at here is that you could have drafted for need and stuck to the board um, if, if your board's set up like that. But um, you could have drafted for need and got an impact player at that position of cornerback in the second round, third round even. And uh, they just simply ignored the position, which I thought was kind of foolish. But now we get all these rumors of next year's draft and the Eagles are planning to trade up for Stingley if, if Hertz, you know, works out. So, where are we already moved on to next year's draft? Like, come on, like right. And uh, while I while I understand what it is, while no. I understand the the logic behind lumping the two drafts together, I get it. But let's be honest, you don't do that with any other franchise when you look at their drafts, right? Like when you're on the outside looking in. So like, no, I'm going to judge these nine picks for what they are. I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, but we'll wait till next year and see how he does because again. Howie Roseman should have none of your faith or your trust to say, oh, well, next year he's going to knock it out of the park and all these holes are going to be filled. Because, again, all these ifs, 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 right? With Howie's track record, if these ifs, ifs, ifs don't work and just Devontae Smith works, guess what, Scott? You're rolling into next year with the exact same holes outside of wide receiver one. And, and I think it's – look, man, again – I'm giving it a B. So to say that I hate Howie and I hate the picks, no. I think it has the potential. I think it the I think it has a potential. I really do. Yeah. But when you look at Milton Williams in the third round, when you look at the history injury inj um the injury history of Landon Dickerson, McPherson is a big if. And then you and then after Gainwell, we really don't know anything about the rest of the draft and I think it's kind of not sad, but it's kind of alarming that at least for me, my second favorite pick is a fifth round pass catching running back that can be used in a fun offense. Is that fair? No. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, 
just basing off, you know, what Deeb said earlier, um, you're, you're looking at Smith, Morig, and, and Cox. We could have had all three of those guys. And right there, boom, you're, you're addressing three needs there. So, right. Or if you take linebacker, the criticism, uh, take KJ, the, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is like the criticism isn't necessarily on the draft picks. It's on what the draft picks could have been. So when we say we're giving it like a B minus, it could have been an A. And that's that's kind of what I'm getting at here. But, you know, with that being said, it, it, it all depends on that Landon Dickerson uh, pick. Now, if Devontae Smith goes out and he's a, you know, he's a wash, he's not good. We can't be mad at that. You know, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. We wanted him. Like, we, oh, and we yeah, yeah, for sure. We congratulated Howie for getting him. We celebrated right. it. So we can't get mad about so that. Howie's pick. off the hook we if that doesn't work out. Exactly. But this this draft class is going to be teetering on Landon Dickerson and his success and if he can stay healthy. So maybe maybe leave it at that. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's all I can say about it. There's so many ifs, so many question marks. There is some exciting things in there. Landon Dickerson is excited. I don't want it to seem like that. I'm just being realistic. Four season-ending injuries in four years in college is concerning. It's risky. Um, um, lower body at leg injuries when he's an offensive lineman. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry that that's kind of kind of scary. Is it not? When he's going to be have to holding we got off. Marco Foltz comparisons. Ginsuch such, oh, such a troll, dude. But I, I want to address this comment. Thank you so much for commenting, by the way. It makes the show a lot more fun. We are spoiled. We don't understand the concept of a rebuild because we have ex- we haven't experienced one in decades. What? I get okay. Like I, I get that we as as Eagles fans haven't gone through a true rebuild. But my two, my response to that is a, um, I don't think we as Eagles fans can ever call us spoiled because we literally have <laughs> one Super Bowl. So I get it. When I was younger, we went the four straight and four straight playoff runs with McNabb and Reed and all those NFC championships and a Super Bowl appearance, and I get all that. But we have one Super Bowl to show for it. So spoiled as Eagles fans, I don't know about that. If that's the word, B. Um, why are we in a rebuild? You know the answer to that, Scott? <laughs> yes, I do. Because uh, of the management. We want, to your point, George, we want a Super Bowl in 2017. Good organizations don't turn into an absolute dumpster fire from the inside out in 2020, three years after they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, we, we haven't witnessed a, a rebuild in my lifetime, to be honest. And I guess I am a little spoiled for that, that I've seen competitive football for 95% of my life as an Eagles fan outside of a couple years in, in the 2000s um, or in the, 20, in the 2010s era. However, they're the reason we're in this mess. So that's kind of where I stand on the rebuild is it, it's, it wasn't coming because of age and they had a window and now that window's over. No, no, no. You just, you just fumbled the bag. That's where I'm at, Scott. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get what he's saying. You know, we're not, we're, we're not the Browns of the world. We're not the lions, you know, the Detroit lions of the world. Like 
we never went, you know, through like a 10 year drought of playoffs. Like it, it's, it's not that bad. Um, but the balance that you have to find when criticizing Howie here, um, just specifically for this season is the last, you know, couple seasons, we just don't know if it was player development or drafting. And that's what we're going to find out with Sirianni, right? Um, and, and maybe we won't. Maybe Sirianni will just be such a good coach that he hides and masks the deficiencies of drafts. If he's that great, then sign him up for the Hall of Fame because Doug could not do it. Um, implementing, just getting guys involved in, in the game, uh, you know, setting up game plans for guys like Kenneth Gainwell to get some reps in the offense, setting it up for Devontae Smith to get some touches early in the season, get him a rhythm going with the offense. Um, there's there's just a lot of things that go into this where we we don't know that it was all in Howie, but there's just no brainers in mixed in there like Justin Jefferson, right? Where where he was the consensus pick over Rager, DK Metcalf over JJ. Uh, you know, there, it, you go down the line. There's there's a plethora of choices there that you can reflect on that were obvious. You know, mistakes they were obvious. Sidney Jones yeah. was another mistake. Um, but, you know, we, we do have to kind of lock in and see where the player development issue it came from. Because even though Jalen Reger, you know, maybe we should have picked Justin Jefferson. Maybe we should have picked up DK Metcalf. Jalen Reger and J-Jaw should not be that bad, like that ineffective. Like they should not be that bad even, you know, as a second round pick, first round picks. Even if they aren't your your superstar guys, they should at right. least continue. Like J. Jaw yeah. is a scratch in in like most games last season. Yep. It's his sophomore year. That's ridiculous. No, I I know, man, and um, it's just tough. It's just really, it's really, really tough. It's been uh, tough but, season, man. Injuries, all of it. Not that no. I've even. I, I didn't, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't go live 26 minutes ago thinking that like our tones would be like this about this draft because I'm really not upset with the draft. I just. The ifs, ifs, ifs are bothering me, to be honest. And yeah. we're not going to find out until the season rolls around. And there is a new regime, new coaching staff put together. Um, so you're right, Scott. Maybe that was a big part of the issue. And let's try to give Howie the benefit of the doubt there a little bit. Uh, but let's let's get a little more positive. Actually, a lot more positive. I, I wish I would have uh, prepared better and had this video set up, your, your live reaction video to our First uh, round pick, 10th overall, Devontae Smith. I want to talk about our reactions to that. Um, Kind of how the word fell to how we end up with Devontae Smith. And then let's take a look at this Eagles offense because I know it's months and months away right now. And we're not really, at least I'm not really expecting this Eagles team to be good in 2021. But I think with, you know, if Sirianni is this offensive kind of guru that he's being portrayed to be and a new coaching staff all around him, there's a lot of speed um, on, on this offense, a lot of youth on this offense that co- could be fun. And Devontae Smith is going to be the lead of that. So let's look at that, man. Just first, what were your thoughts on Devontae Smith, uh, the Eagles selecting Devontae Smith? Because we all know the process. The board fell. I think it started just how – Everyone kind of assumed, to be honest, three quarterbacks go off the board. Atlanta takes pits. Uh, the Bengals don't protect Joe Barrow. They get him a weapon with his buddy from LSU and Jamar Chase. So Sewell goes to the Lions. And then things go a little weird, man. Almost, almost our worst case scenario happens. 
Waddle at six goes to goes to the Dolphins. J.C. Horn comes off the board ahead of Pat Sertain. And then this is how the Eagles end up with, with Devontae Smith. The Denver Broncos screw over the Dallas Cowboys with a pick that I'm not going to lie. I didn't see coming. They take Patrick Sertain at nine. And then we, the Philadelphia Eagles, trade up with the division rivals, Dallas Cowboys, to 10 with a third-round pick thrown in who jump ahead of the division rival New York Giants who was going to take Devontae Smith. So quite literally, if Patrick Sertain does not get taken at nine, our worst-case scenario happens. It happens, Scott. Waddle, gone. Two corners, gone. Devontae Smith goes to the Giants because that's exactly where he was going at 11, right, if we don't make that trade. And now we're sitting there either sticking at 12 or trading back with Quiddy Pay, uh, Rashawn Slater, who the hell knows it to take Justin Fields at that point. Like, we're sitting there, worst-case scenario, doesn't happen. Thank you, Denver Broncos. Yeah. And then Howie Roseman actually goes up and gets the guy he wants and gets the Heisman Trophy winner. So just talk to me about your raw emotion at the time of that jerk because I'm sitting there and I'm just standing up staring at the TV and it's pick us in, pick us in. And I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm literally standing like, dude, to move everything breakable out of my zone because I'm going to go on a rampage if this is not Devontae Smith. And you I got just hear. The, uh, I got the video pulled up here that I can share the screen if you want. Yeah, go, like, go I ahead. How excited I was. Yeah. Um, I, I was I was extremely excited. Are you able to share your screen? Yeah, let me go ahead and pull it up here. There we go. So it's. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me allow that. Yep. There we go. The Dallas Cowboys have traded the 10th pick to the Philadelphia Eagles with the 10th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The Philadelphia Eagles select Devontae. Yes! 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 Finally! The Heisman! Yes! Oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. First of all, Congrats on the new home, and it looks great, my man. Thanks, man. Let me turn that off real quick. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm excited about the new house. You can see my little setup here. It's a lot better than the old one, but, yeah, it's, it's an awesome crib. And it was awesome to experience that moment. Um, just to answer your question, I'm with you. My 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 stomach was, like, turning. I had, like, butterflies. I felt like a little, little kid at the candy store or something, like – I, I was looking at that pick. You see the way the draft board's playing out. You mentioned it. Worst case scenarios happen. The quarterbacks aren't going. Mac Jones, we thought Mac Jones and Justin Fields maybe go before our 12th pick. They both went after our 10th pick. And um, I, I was, you know, I was scared. I was, I was, I was scared. And then I see us trade up and my my gut turns even more because now we just traded up. We gave more compensation to the Cowboys. And I'm like, yo, if we if we go and draft Rashawn Slater right here after trading up, or draft like Quiddy Pay or or Barmore or all these guys that were rumored to the literally Eagles worst case scenario, that is worst case scenario. And I I thought for a second I was like, okay, no, let me recount, we regather my thoughts. Like right. we wouldn't trade up for Rashawn Slater because the Cowboys are not going to take him. 
the Giants would take, um, you know, they would yes. take Devontae yeah. Smith. Cowboys probably take Micah Parsons at 10. Who they and, get anyway. Later, you can get him at 12 if, if you want Rashawn Slater. So right. I was like, well, there's no reason to trade up unless Howie's a moron like, per usual. Then there's no reason to trade up unless it's for Devontae Smith, the last of the, the best skill players in right. this draft. Because that's right. it's of, the, how of that tier. Win. Um, that Jalen Waddle pick, you know, it was really what set it off and, and had it going downhill quick was that Bengals pick when they didn't take Sewell. Um, yeah. yeah, they they took Chase at the fifth pick, which then forced the Dolphins to take Waddle. And then, boom, that you just, you know, it's a domino, domino effect. effect. Yeah. So, and, and that's one thing we haven't even done yet. We haven't really addressed the trade back to 12 before weeks and weeks ago. And I yeah. think, again, you know, Scott, again, I'm not a hypocrite. Give him credit where credit's due. Yeah. Clap my hands, tip my cap to Hallie Roseman again because now the trade looks good, right? Because he reads the board. Pitts goes four, Chase goes five. They're not there at six, right? Trade back, you get arguably the best receiver in this draft. You know, weeks and weeks ago, I want Jamar Chase. I think he's one. Smith was two. Obviously, that yeah. wasn't realistic at 12. You get that stud wide receiver anyway. You accumulate the first round next year from Miami. Now that yep. trade back looks even better. So tip my cap to Howie Roseman there as well. Um, Because yeah. I think that was the first thing. Like, wow, like Howie might have read the board correctly. Like, that That was pretty uh, – Yeah. Pretty pretty crazy, but we do have some comments here. Eagles underdog B great B draft grade B plus if Dickerson plays, and I and I think that's the biggest thing, right? And Rufus says the same thing. Okay, so yeah. I honestly think that Dickerson pick is going to be more important than any other pick this year. Um, and I think that's kind of the theme of what Scott and I have been trying to say. This draft has B plus to A potential, right? Yeah. But we don't yeah. know that yeah. yet. Devontae Smith is the one now on the head. If Dickerson if he leaves the injuries at Alabama and he comes in and he is a first-round talent, a, a, a Quentin Nelson comp, as Brian Baldinger said, the best pro offensive lineman prospects in Quentin Nelson, that's great value in the second round. And I, my tone changes completely. Yeah. I just can't. It, it's now it's a waiting game. And, you know, your boy George has been kind of praising it, and I need to find my patience. I, 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 it's hard. It, it's hard to be patient and think ahead. Um, but yeah, man, so we, we did see that clip of you going nuts in the new crib <laughs> for Devonte Smith. And I, I felt the same way. I let yeah. out just the loudest, um, just F bomb, but happy F bomb. You could ever yeah. like just relief. It was, it was a released yeah, F bomb. Like, oh my, like he did it. Right. So I, I was super excited. He, 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 he won night one for me. It was a lot better than last year. Um, yeah. and we all know how that played out. But I want to talk about this offense, man. So, and I kind of want to talk about how, you know, there were some people that liked his teammate at Alabama a little better, Jalen Waddle. And I know that wasn't I, I wasn't on that train. I don't I don't think you were. Um, and just the differences that I see, like uh, something that we haven't had, right? And, and what is Jalen Rager? Jalen Rager is a guy who you need to get involved in the screen game, and you know, quick hitters, get the ball in his hands, let him make plays with the ball, right? That, to me, is what I kind of seen in Jalen Waddle with all that speed, right? Devontae Smith, 
is one of the was bet was in my opinion, and I think a lot of people said this over the weekend, the the most pure best route runner in this draft in this wide receiver draft class. For the Eagles to finally have that, to not have to draw anything up to get a dude separation, to get the ball yeah. in a guy's hands where he can just go make plays. And we all know how about his hands. And anyone that he's got the speed. I don't care about his body, dude. You have wide receiver number one, in my opinion. You have a pure route runner who can create separation on his own. You don't have to dial anything up. And then that takes all that pressure off of Jalen Rager. And now Sirianni can do some fun, interesting things. And that's not to say he can't do gadget plays with Devontae Smith, because you sure can. You can get Devontae Smith in that role as well, but you don't need to. Jalen Waddle would, would have just been another speed, you know, not that he's just that. But that's what I saw. You know, that's what I envisioned with him in his offense. Now, Devontae Smith, you can line him up anywhere on the field and he can go get separation off the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Jalen Waddle, I, I think it worked out perfectly. You know, you, you look at Jalen Waddle and I, I think he can do more than just be like, you know, a Jalen Rager type, like a gadget guy. But, um, at the same time, I feel like if you if you're drafting Waddle there, then you're you're just basically doubling down and, and saying see a Jalen Rager because he's gonna take all of those snaps. He's he's probably he's most likely faster, um, probably just a better option in that role in reality. And so when you draft a guy like that, you're gonna want him to play to his best ability. You're gonna put him in the better spots, which in return would take snaps away from Jalen Rager. So. Um, you're looking at Jalen Rager, who can play opposite of Devontae Smith or play in the slot, you know, whatever, whatever he whatever makes him more comfortable. And Devontae Smith is the wide receiver one that can, you know, once he gets going, gets familiar with the offense, he's going to take a lot of pressure off of other guys like Goddard, like Rager, like, you know, if Artega Whiteside gets playing time, Travis, Ford, Greg Ward, he's going to get other guys open because, like you said, his route running. He can get himself open, which causes double teams. Zach Ertz, we've seen him the last, what, two years basically strapped down because defenses know that's where Wentz was going. So they put two to three defenders keying on Zach Ertz, completely shut him down, and nobody else on the offense can get open one-on-one. Don't have to worry about that anymore with a wide receiver one like this. You finally invest, you know, supreme talent into the position. And that's what why you heard me yell that out, finally. Finally invest premium picks into a skill position, um, which I know, I know everybody is going to harp on, you know, building through the trenches. I get it. It, it is how we want a Super Bowl, but there is a time and a place for everything. And there's, there's always, you know, we, we have done this. We, we built our trenches up. We got depth in the trenches. We had 14 line combinations last year. We have depth. They, they have experience. Um, but, you know, they were able to address that in the second round, got Dickerson and, and you pick up, one of the best, who knows, he could, Devontae Smith could end up being the best skill player. We have one of those Absolutely. guys that in this draft, and that's all I can look forward to. That's all I can be excited about. You brought up a guy I haven't thought to talk about yet, Scott, and that's, um, that is Zach Ertz. Oh, he yeah. did not get moved over the course of the weekend. And now it kind of just feels like the time, I feel, I feel like the Eagles, if they were going to move him, um, I feel like they waited too long. I don't want to move them. I'm, I'm going to call that. I'm going to be very clear with that. Um, I don't want to move them, especially for what people are saying you would get for them. Like a four, people don't think you'd even get a third round pick. Well, then guess what, Zach? You're playing for us then because how old Zach Ertz right now? 29? Um, I think he's 30 going on 31. 
Okay. Well, Sackert still has years left. Okay. And I get not the Eagles that they don't want to give him Kittle money because he didn't produce. And I know the offense was awful last year, but you don't, you can't get Kittle and Kelsey money with the year he had last year, even though the entire offensive went struggled as a unit. Right. But I'm not trading you for a bag of balls. Yeah. Okay. Not, not with the talent that Zach Hurts has, not top five. Um, see, but what's that attitude? I, like, I, I don't know his attitude. I don't, to be like, I don't like the young players' attitudes on this team. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm wearing one of the jerseys, Miles Sanat. Um, yeah, I, I guess, man. I just, how do you I, feel, Scott? I, I'm I not trading him for a bag of balls, dude. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I don't, I don't know if the Eagles just weren't budging on what they were asking. Like, you know, if you couldn't get a fourth rounder for him, maybe, maybe that's what it was. I, I don't know what his value is at at this point. Um, I think what George is uh, referring to there is just, you know, the fact that Zach Ertz, he kind of it kind of felt like he gave up on the team last year. Um, and, and maybe rightfully so, you know, the way the season was going. Uh, but, yeah, his body language was, was pretty bad on the field. Um, but at the same time, him, him and Howie were openly feuding in the public. So, I mean, what, what could we expect in, in the same time? Um, ultimately... Best case scenario, yeah, it, w- it would have been trading him during the draft, which I don't know if we're going to be able to trade him now. There's what would we trade him for? Yeah, I think the window ran out. To be honest, yeah, it ran out, and and now I someone had a tweet earlier means so- about the space because we could use a corner off the <laughs> off the free agency now, so we could yeah. use the space. I see it. Yeah, and maybe, ne- maybe next week we'll get more into free uh, free agent acquisitions. Um, let's see. He wants to be tight end number one. Goddard needs to be the number one. We need to know what we have in 88. I mean, I get that. And um, I think that's a great point as well. Like, George, by ne- you're not just assuming that Goddard is tight end one because I feel like I've seen a lot of people do that. Like, they're just – and I-, I see it. I see it in Dallas Goddard. But I don't think Dallas Goddard has shown you anything to prove that he definitely is – uh, tight end number one so I, I get why I'm just my whole point is I just don't know if I can part ways with with him at tight end for literally a fifth round draft pick I, I, I don't know um, that's just that's just my opinion on it uh, Dickerson I don't get why everyone is so happy with Smith in the first wide receiver does not win championships Um, you want to take this one Scott or you want me um, I mean, my counter question would just be, who would you have drafted? Like, who would you have? Taken? Yeah, that, that, that's a that's uh, a great Slater? question. I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, sure. If you, where that's was a great he? Question. I mean, not not, not to mention, I, I don't know. Do not to mention that much better than Dickerson, or I, I don't know. Nothing the Eagles would have taken in round one would would result in a championship this year. And no matter how many years down the line we are, the Eagles aren't winning a championship with Dallas Goddard. I mean, I'm sorry, with Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, Jalen Rager. Like, yeah, I'm ecstatic with Devontae Smith because like you said, and 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 I want to make this very clear. I'm not coming off as, I'm not trying to come off as a casual fan that just wants the sexy pick, like the Heisman Trophy winner, the wide receiver, the skill position. I get all that. And I know Lyman's not a sexy pick, right? But like you said, Scott, at one point or another, you have to finally hit the nail on the head with one of these picks. Oh, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, Rufus. 
Um, but yeah, man, and I know his contract's coming up. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just kind of to your so he, point. I mean, to, to I guess to your point, it is we're not looking at this year anyway. So guess what, Zach? You you're gonna play for me. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I get what George is saying there. I mean, I, I guess the way you have to look at it, it just it, it's hard to say what the Eagles are looking at it as. Yeah, if but they're overvaluing what they I see the perspective what. of, you know, get Ertz out of there so you can see what you have in Goddard because it's Goddard's contract year as well. So it's like you got to find out if Goddard is worth, you know, that extension. But it's like, are you just going to throw away Zach Ertz for a bag of balls? You might not have a, cho- a choice either, you know what I mean? Um, to George's point about Slater or Parsons, hey, if the Eagles were open to drafting Michael Parsons in the first round, do it. Like, do it. I would have taken that, and I would have been happy. I, I may, may, Maybe I would have even been happier than if we got Devontae Smith. I'm not even joking. To have a stud linebacker on that defense, finally. Once again, that's it's the same thing for me in that sense. You know, Parsons or Smith. Um, your argument to that would be that we took Rager last year in the first round. I get that. Two years in a row in the first round wide receivers, not a very good look, but I'm not going to say that it's not a good move um, just because we we need talent at that position. We need guys who can get open. But, um, yeah, I, Slater or Parsons, Parsons would have been a prime, a premium pick. No way in hell that Howie Roseman would ever draft a linebacker in the first round, period. Um, so it would have been Slater or it, it would have been Quiddy Pay who dropped all the way to 21 at the Colts. So, you know, what what would you have done? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, but before we move on to the rest of the draft, and Scott, if there's anything else you want to talk about, um, I do want to look at this offense for just a second with the acquisition yeah. of Devontae Smith because, like I said, I don't expect this team to be very good, and that sucks, to be honest having that feeling in, in the pit of my stomach that they're just not going to be very um, very good this year and not competing for a, a playoff seed. However, does this offense have some upside to it with all the speed and all this youth? Now you look around, and I'm not a Jalen Rager guy, I'm a, but I'm not a Jalen Ra- uh, wide receiver one Jalen Rager guy. Now when you look at Sirian, you have the new coaching staff, the new system, the new playbook. Um, and you're hearing all these things about Sirianni, and you have the speed at quarterback with Jalen Hurts, who we'll get into on different shows. Um, but you have the speed there. You have the speed with 26 with Sanders. Now you add Gainwell. You still have Boston Scott. You have Dallas Goddard over the middle. You have Travis Fulgham. You have, like I said, Rager, and now you add Devontae Smith. What do you think we can kind of expect from this Eagles offense this year? Um, like, I guess what my question is, we saw how damn stagnant it was last year, dude. Like, even if they're not winning a lot of games, how good can this – like, what, what's the cap on this offense to you? Hey, man, <laughs> don't ask me that because, you know, <laughs> um, what, will, what will all boil it down to? I think we can all agree on this. It, it's going to come down to Jalen Hurts and if he's the guy, um, you know, if he can make the throws down the field. Um, if he can have accuracy on his throws, uh, it, you know, it, it's going to come down to all of that. Now, with that being said, even if Jalen Hurts, you know, isn't necessarily the guy, the offense can still look better just by simply running the football. Um, Doug just simply would not dominantly run the football. Um, and you watch over the last couple of years, how have we won games? I mean, yes, we let Wentz go but we put them in good situations by running the football. And, and that's how normal NFL teams win games. 
Um, so to answer your question about the offense with Jalen Hurts running ability, and you mix that with, you know, Miles Sanders, and now we got some speed on the outside on both sides. Um, of course, health barring, you know, it, we, we have to see how the injuries play out because that seems to be something that expects us in the, in a, you know, expect it, you expect it to stab you in the back at some point in the season. Um, but yeah, I think it all heavily depends on Jalen Hurts and, and if he can be successful. And, you know, you look at it, it it's it's going to be the, the talk of the entire season is Jalen Hurts and who is he? You know, who is this quarterback? And it's going to come down to that because if he is the guy, 2022 offseason, coming out of that offseason, you might be thinking that you can make a run at the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm, I'm not even joking. Like, with the light at the end of the tunnel, with those three first-round picks, whether you turn those in to – well, okay, let me say two first-round picks pending, uh, you know, third first-round pick. Right, with the Colts. If, if, if those work out, if you can flip – one or two of those picks for a quality starter in return. So if, if you can get Jalen Hurts to work out to where you don't have to go after a quarterback next offseason, the options are on the table. You have all that cap room from Carson Wentz contract falling off, all that dead cap. We're going to have so much room finally to make some moves um, and even retain guys as well if we need to bring back a guy like Goddard. Um, guys like, you know, I don't know what the plan is for uh, Miles Sanders. This will be something that we'll talk about, uh, you know, as down the road. But do you extend Miles Sanders with the way the the running back, you know, society looks around the NFL where they're just simply not valued? Um, do, do you extend him after that rookie contract? That's something we'll have to, you know, kind of discuss down the road. We'll see how this season goes. But the offense is excited. There's a lot of ifs, but – it looks exciting compared to what we what we were seeing last year. But mind you, think about what we went into last season thinking. We were like, oh, wow, you know, Carson Wentz has got, you know, Deshaun Jackson, he'll be back from injury, and Jalen Reger, the speed, he, we can use him like Tyree Kill. And and then you got Goddard and, and, and uh, you know, Zach Ertz, and you got Miles Sanders. He's about to be an MVP candidate. He's like Christian McCaffrey. And it's like, None of that happened. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's it's hard to say, but I'm excited. That's all I can ask for. No, and I, I love your response to that because the train goes um, – the the train will go as far as the conductor will take you, and that is the, the Jalen Hurts is the conductor of this offense. Yeah. And to your point, like, that's why I'm so happy with the Devontae Smith pick is because it's what I've been screaming – for for weeks and months now, and it's I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. If you're this is a brand new show, so we'll we'll go we'll have our backs and back and forths on that throughout the weeks of this offseason. Um, that's not to say that I don't see the you know the glimpses. I don't see the big playability, the the speed, everything like that. I just agree with with his with his accuracy on his deep balls, um, with the arm strength to get the ball, um to the side with accuracy to the side to like what a 10 yard out to the sideline to step up in the pocket and not just leave the pocket whenever, whenever it doesn't look like it's there to let routes develop. I need to see all these things when it comes to Jalen hurts this year, but go out um, and get a number one guy for him. Like you never did for 11. And, and then because this whole year should be about nothing other than seeing if Jalen hurts, can be the guy, Scott, to your point. And that's why I'm glad we're definitely 100% on the same page there. And you did him, 
you did a good deed by by giving him a number one target. Um, just real quick, Dallas Goddard couldn't show he's tight end one because he had to block too much. The line stunk. Ertz wouldn't block. Uh, I think Dallas is going to show out this year. I hope you're right. Um, we finally agree on something. I am not sold on Hertz either. Yeah, man. I'm a, I'm, just to be clear, I'm I'm a I'm a huge Dallas Goddard guy. Um, I, I think the world of him if he can just stay healthy. So I'm I'm with Rufus there. I do think that he had to stay back and help block a little too much last year. And um his after the catch ability is beautiful. Yeah. I, I do look forward to seeing, you know, I'm I've been waiting on it though. You know, I'm waiting except, on the emergence. Except when he takes a uh pass over the middle for 75 yards to the house um, and gets no and gets uh, called <laughs> and gets called for a face mask somehow in Dallas. That that game two year in 2018 was something else. But yeah, man, that's something um we'll get, you know. We'll get our opinions out there as the weeks go yeah. on about where yeah. we stand on this quarterback position, but um, a lot to see in 2021. Speaking of the quarterback position, Scott, you like that little segue? Let's look at the rest of this draft class, specifically yeah. the first round and how the board played out with these quarterbacks, right? So I think uh, picks one and two went as planned. I think the draft started after that. What are the Niners going to do? Um, are they going to take – The Niners did, man. That's they go with Trey Lance. Um, and then as we know, the Bears trade up with the Giants right after the Eagles, um, and take uh Justin Fields, and then the Patriots get their quarterback in Mac Jones out of Bama. So let's look at these five quarterbacks, Scott, and just yep. kind of rank and just kind of see, you know, who who's who's a stud, who's a dud out of these five, how their futures lie, how how they how they fit in their current situations now with the teams that they selected. So let's start just in order and let's go with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. There are some people, and I heard it over the draft um, broadcast that think like you plug in Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville immediately goes to not contender for like a Super Bowl, but could be a playoff team potentially in that division in the AFC South. Where do you sound? Where do you stand on Trevor Lawrence? Um, he was the consensus number one overall pick. Um, yeah. Are you buying into the hype? Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've loved Trevor Lawrence, you know, since what? He was a freshman, you know, going to the national championship. Yeah, so, yeah I've, I've loved Trevor Lawrence. He's been the consensus number one pick for a while. Um, you know, it was basically whenever he would decide to leave for the draft, he was going to be the number one pick. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and enlist my faith in Trevor Lawrence. Um, why not? Everybody else believes in him. I see it on the tape. I see it in the gameplay. It's all about the Jags, right? Like it, it comes down to if the Jaguars can take care of Trevor Lawrence. And um, that's that's something that we really haven't seen the organization get a chance to do. They haven't had a great quarterback in forever, right? Like they thought it was Blake Bortles. Um, that guy's not an NFL quarterback. So um, they finally got their guy. Let's build around them correctly. Um, and then they brought in Travis Etienne as well, his teammate from Clemson, which I thought that was – I know people didn't like taking a running back in the first round, but just making your rookie quarterback comfortable with a guy in the backfield that he knows. So um, I, I actually like – I like Trevor Lawrence. It's more the Jags that I question. You're not you, You're not sold on Minshew Mania? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. He um, is, I, I he, wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded, but – for Trevor Lawrence, who, who that, wants him? <laughs> who wants him? He, you know that list that means Darnold going for six about. round 
picks. Bridgewater's going for six round picks. Send him for a seventh. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know that list I always talk about? I got a list of guys I just can't stand. Garner <laughs> Minshew is most definitely on the there. list. Dude. He is on the list. Let's get to number two. Um, as Zach Wilson out of BYU goes to the New York Jets, and I'm not going to lie, I did not know that Zach Wilson looks like he's 13 years old. I really didn't. Um, and I'm going to be really honest with you. I think that New York is going to eat him up. I, I don't think they found their guy. I think they're going to continue to be a – oh, and by the way, I do agree with you on Trevor Lawrence. I'm bought into all the hype. Um, yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to Zach Wilson, I'm just not, dude. I'm really not. And I – I think he gets eaten up in that big city, and I think New York is still on a on a wild goose chase looking for their franchise guy because they've been missing out for years, and I think they, they're still missing out. I could be completely wrong, but I'm not buying into Zach Wilson. Yeah, so Zach Wilson for me, it's funny you mention that because this dude, he looks so young, and he, he almost looks like a, a freaking model, right? Like he's just got – like the he's just so prestigious, dude, like coming from Utah – I think he even had like makeup on like while he came out during his draft selection. But um yeah, if 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 things go south early and, and he's not winning games, then yeah, it, it could eat him up. Um let's see if he comes out and if he can play like a like a Justin Herbert last year, who you know, not everybody was sold on, but there were a few that saw the the diamond in the rough there, and it was the Chargers that ended up reaping the benefits. Um when it when it comes down to football, when it comes down to any city that loves their sports, can you play or not? You know, can Zach Wilson play or not? And that's what it'll come down to. If he's good at football, he'll be good for the city. If he sucks, he'll get ran out of town quicker than hell. But um, to answer your question, I I know there's some people out there that would disagree with me. Whatever, I would have took Justin Fields number two. Um, no, no brainer for me, honestly. I would have took him number two in New, as the New York Jets. If you're switching quarterbacks from Darnold, go in a different direction, right? I would have. I agree just- with you, man. I really do, and I think you know Mac Jones was five for me out of those five, but I would argue yeah. that Zach Wilson was maybe even four at best. He was three to me. The thing with yeah. Trey Lance, and we'll get to him now as the 49ers take him. He only played how many games as a quarterback? 17, I think. He didn't play last year, except I think they had played one game and then or whatever happened with COVID. Um, and I think he – I forget. He only started a handful of games at, at North Dakota State. Yeah. So I'm excited as a football fan to see him in that offense. Yeah, same. Um, especially, look, dude, you put – that team two years ago was had a 10-point lead in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, okay? Let's not forget that. We yeah. know how the injuries went last year, right? Yeah. So you plug in even a serviceable quarterback, which I think Jimmy G gives you. If you put in a guy with a higher ceiling that can create plays, that can create, and you know, someone, it was it was Kuiper or someone said that, like ever since that fourth quarter in the Super Bowl two years ago, I feel like Lynch and Shanahan have been looking for yeah. their Patrick Mahomes, like that guy yeah. that can break the bat your back, dude, on defense. And, that's maybe what they're looking for here with Trey Lance, that big playability, the extension of plays and all that. And I, I'm excited. I, I, I'm i not going to say that it works out. I'm not going to say that it, he was the right pick there. 
Um, because like you just said, I would have probably taken Justin Fields at two. That um, <laughs> so- however, I am excited to see how it works out. Yeah. So what what I would say about the Trey Lance f- uh, pick, you know, would just be that um, I would have still took Fields, but I would have took Trey Lance over Mac Jones. So in that sense, they they did all right in my book. Um, if anything, you know, Fields should have went second. So wh- whatever the case may be. Um, but, you know, Trey Lance is interesting. He's raw. Um, like you said, he comes from, you know, that um, the same school as Carson Wentz. Uh, so they run that pro style of offense. So he does have a little bit of experience there. And then, you know, on top of that, San Fran, Kyle Shanahan, it's a very uh, QB friendly offense. Um, so you've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been able to look decent in that offense. Um, if Trey Lance is anything, you know, above average, he's going to look really good in a Kyle Shanahan offense. So um, it's exciting for San Fran. I, I th- if I was them, I would be excited to finally have, you know, a really good QB prospect. Um, you know, I don't know what their plan is for Jimmy Garoppolo. If they're going to start yeah. out the season with him, I, I don't know what that is. Um, but you know, I would probably look to trade him if you can. But like you mentioned earlier, there's not many teams out there um, looking for a quarterback of that caliber, right? Like if Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson's on the board, then people would probably be one of those teams. If Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson's on the board. Well, uh, maybe we're not so sold on Jalen Hurts if we can get one of those guys. So, you know, if you're looking at those quarterbacks of that caliber, there's not really a market for like Minshew or, or you know, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo until you see injuries in training camp. Then then maybe something opens up. Like I said, dude, that's it. That's a Super Bowl defense over there in the in San Francisco. Um, You add in they still have Mostert, right? He didn't yeah. Go anywhere. They, they were plagued by injuries and plagued by COVID last year. Um, They got speed all across the board. And like I said, with that offense, I think it's going to be exciting just to see. And I think, you know, last year, as good as that NFC West division is and is going to be with, you know, Ross and Pete Carroll in, in yeah. Seattle and with with uh Kyler and D-Hop in Arizona, and they're adding pieces all over the board, man. Now it's high name, and I don't know how it's going to work out. But you, they added James Conner, they added AJ Green, they added JJ Watt. I mean, they're adding pieces all over. So Arizona's going to be in that mix again. The Rams are the Rams with that defense. They make the trade for Stafford, which we'll do a, every week. We'll do a dive into each division, and that will be a fun division because I love that. But then now you add in San Fran was out of that loop last year. They're right back into it, and they they have their defense is right there with the Rams, in my opinion, one healthy. So you know, the, that'll be a lot of fun. <clears throat> Moving on, now we get to your boy. The Chicago <laughs> Bears trade up to get Justin Fields. Scott, what is your honest opinion? Because I know you're very high on him. Well, what's the fit in Chicago with Nagy? Because he seems he seemed to have been an issue last year with the quarterbacks and you know not playing to their strengths, not running what they wanted to run play wise. Um, is Justin Fields with that defense in Chicago? Is Justin Fields a guy that can lead them to a playoff to the playoffs? Or is Nagy going to get in the way? That's a that's a good question. <laughs> it's it's tough to think about. Um, there there is a good chance that Nagy could get in the way. Um, my only argument would be that you know I would I would consider Fields an upgrade to Mitchell Trubisky um, to Nick Foles at this point. Um, I, I would consider him an upgrade. Um, you got Andy uh, Dalton there. Yeah. Is he going to start? I, Hell no. Dalton like like. 
announcing him as the starter. So I'm, I'm confused there. Um, overall, my, my feeling, my, my girlfriend's mom is a huge Chicago Bears fan. So, you know, part of me is like, <laughs> like, congratulations, Bears fans. You finally, you know, you, you, it's not the quarterback. It's you if it doesn't work out, right? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel situation. So at least they have that, you know, settling thought in their mind that, you know, we got a good quarterback now. It's on us to make sure that he fulfills his prophecy, right? Well, I'll tell you all that you really need to know about Justin Fields. And I think it's this, man. There are Eagles fans who just dealt with all this quarterback controversy of the la- of last year and even before them with Foles and Wentz. Um, they've dealt with all this, and there was a portion of this fan base that wanted more because they wanted Justin Fields. Um, so that I think that tells you all you need to know. I would have taken him number two, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, two or three. Um, so I agree. I'm just really interested to see. Like, I don't know, dude. I watched that Bears team, and it could and it could just be the quarterback play of Trubisky and Foles, right? Or is it the system? It's it's not a very fun offense to watch. It's to me, it's very old school. It's not they're not up with the yeah. ton, with the speed of the NFL right now, and I, that's just kind of where I stand with them. So it'll be an interesting fit, Justin Fields there, and like Andy Dalton is just a perfect depiction of what that of who that Bears offense would be ran around. In my opinion, Justin yeah. Fields is different. So I I want to see the dynamic of him and Nagy, and you know. It, like, is he going to use his legs? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's not the Bears' offense that you've seen. Now, is right. Nagy open? Is Nagy opening to is is he open to, you know, tr- changing his system, or does Fields have to be plug and play? And if that's the case, I don't think it's a good fit. I yeah, don't think Fields is a good fit there. If that's the case, Nagy's- I think San Fran San Fran would have been best case scenario for Fields. Yep, for sure. I agree. And then we get to Mac Jones. With the system of all si- systems, up in Foxborough, Bill does he get his guy? What do you think, man? They brought Cam back. It's Mac Jones day one starter. Is he is he going right. to sit? I just what I just feel like Mac Jones is a system quarterback, and you plug him into that system. I'm not high on him, but I think it works. To be honest, man, I think he, yeah. he can win some ball games in New England. He again, I just told I you that. like. I just told you, like Fields doesn't fit like the like the depiction of what I see with his game and Chicago's offense. Mac Jones yeah. is entirely the person I see in a New England uniform with Belichick in the huddle. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I think you know, I, I well, let me. I guess let me get this point out of the way. Um, San Fran would have been the best case scenario for any of the top five quarterbacks that were coming in. They're the most, you know, competitive, ready team um, that were that were available to take quarterbacks in the first round. Um, so just to say that, you know, Mac Jones, I think he would have had a better situation in San Fran just because they're more they have more talent there. But you know, a dream scenario for him, right? Going with Bill Belichick, um, they have close ties with Nick Saban at at Alabama. Um, you're going to get great coaching. You're going into a system that was built around Tom Brady. So it's not about a really a it's not really about a mobile quarterback. Um, my only question would be what you asked: um, Is he starting day one? If he's not, if he's not starting day one, if Cam Newton comes out and stinks it up, how do you adjust your offense from a Cam Newton style offense 
and then switch to a Mac Jones offense. Now, See, now, mind you, Bill Belichick can probably do it somehow, but that would be my main question. Mac Jones is a totally different quarterback from Cam Newton. So what absolutely. are we doing? And see, my answer to that is I think that's what they're struggling with with Cam. I think they're trying to – they had to try to adjust their offense to Cam Newton's yeah, style fair. last year. It's not working. Again, when you just think of that New England offense, that is Cam, that is not Cam Newton-style football in my opinion. It's just not, man. Um and I think that's what they struggled with before. I think transitioning to a Mac Jones style offense would be, you know, just pl- that that personnel and that coaching staff going back to what they're used to. And I think yeah. that's the easy part. It's does Cam come out? Does Cam come out and kind of flash back to the past a little bit and, and ball early in the season? And that delays Mac Jones starting. Um, does he stink up the joint like he did later in the season, the middle of the season last year? Jones comes in early, or hell, the, you know, the, does Belichick say he's he's my guy, he's our future, he's ready now? Cam, you're here on a rental. You're hit, hit the bench, my man. So I, I think that's going to be another interesting thing to see. I think I think outside of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, um, well, I, I will throw Zach Wilson in there because with Robert Sala now and all that all the new the new regime in New York. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, I think there's a lot of well this is interesting to see how this works out. Trevor Lawrence is just all the hype. One of the best prospects probably ever, right? Coming out. Um we know what that is. When you look at Wilson with that fit and just I don't I just don't know. He just doesn't scream it. He doesn't scream the guy. Then you have Fields with Nagy in Chicago. You have Lance in, in, with that defense in San Fran and that offense with Shanahan. You have Mac Jones with New England. I think there's a lot of fun things to watch for just as NFL fans. And that's what I want everyone watching or that's going to watch to see this. Um, yes, I'm wearing an Eagles jersey. They're on my wall. They're behind Scott. They're on his head. Those are our team. This is going to be a heavy slated Philadelphia Eagles show, but it's also going to be all NFL-based. That's why you saw Justin Jefferson and a and – a, um, Dalvin Cook run in our intro. Not sure. I got a bone to pick with Dives. Fire video. I absolutely love it. Love it's, the Vikings, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just Eagles and Vikings, man. People are going to be like, what? Is one of them a Vikings fan? Um, <laughs> no, I'm, right. just messing, I'm just messing with you, Dives. Um, but yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. And before we wrap up our premiere here, Scott, um, let's take a look at the NFC East as a division and just kind of compare them. Not not the player, not, not, not going to go down who they selected, really, but like. How did how did their draft class wrap up or compare next to our Eagles? When you look at Dallas, you all, well, as we know, we traded with them. They moved back. They gather a third round pick. They still get the guy they were going to select ten anyway. Was their team off the board in Mika Parsons out of Penn State, right? The Giants trade back with the Bears, as we just talked about with with Justin Fields. They take a receiver, Kadarius Tony, out of Florida, and then you have Washington taking a linebacker at twenty, I believe and Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. So how did you think the rest of the NFC East um, drafted? And where do you kind of uh, compare the Eagles to? Because I know we weren't like overly confident, but I still think the Eagles had a B uh, draft with A potential. Can we say the same about all their teams in the NFC East? I'll come out and say I think the Cowboys had a good night. I think they focused heavily on the defensive end of the uh, defensive side of the football, which we haven't seen Jerry do in the past. Um, you know, I was expecting another C.D. Lamb-esque 
type pick here. Um, but yeah, man, how, how do you think the rest of the NFC East did? So, um, yeah, great question. And, you know, just to touch on your Jerry Jones point, um, it's like he opted out of selecting Devontae Smith himself. Yeah. From so he, he, didn't want, he didn't want him to be there. Uh, yeah. He's like, you can shit on the Giants this time. We'll take our guy at 12. Go ahead. Um, but no, uh, what I would say, you know, specifically about at least the Cowboys, Eagles, and, and Giants, um, they all got compensation for next – or, well, not the Cowboys, but the Eagles and Giants yeah. got compensation for next year. And the Cowboys picked up an extra third rounder. Um, so in that sense, you know, that's that's great for all the teams there. You look at the Giants – um, they weren't able to get Devontae Smith, who they wanted. So they traded back nine spots, pick up a first and a fourth rounder for it. And, um, you know, who can complain about that when you get Kadarius Tony at 20? Yeah, let um, me ask you about him. Because, I, like I said, I'm not going to front and act like I know about some of these prospects that I don't. Where does he Where does he uh, rank up with this receiver, with this uh, receiving class? When you look at Chase, Smith, Going to us, Waddle. Where does where does Tony rank up there? Is how many tiers below is he from the, from Devonte Smith? So I mean, he's in that next tier. Um, he, he's in that you know late first, uh, sec, early second round tier. Um, what I would say is that it it highly depends on what you're looking for in a receiver because on my board I would have taken Rashad Bateman over him, and I would have took Elijah Moore who got taken in the second round over him. But if you're looking for a speed guy, a, a you know a Tyreek Hill esque player, Kadarius Tony's your guy, and and that must have been what the Giants were looking for. They're trying to spice up their offense a little bit. Well, so yeah, to answer your question, it, it some will call it a reach. I don't think it was a reach. I think it was, uh, well, I guess you could compare it maybe to you know the Eagles taking Rager over Jefferson last year. Maybe you could compare <laughs> it to that. Um, but you know, he's a, he's a solid player. Um, I think he has, you know, a pretty high ceiling if he turns out well. Um, you know, I mentioned the Cowboys picked up the 84th pick from us. We were able to move up and get our guy in Devonte Smith. So that worked out for us while we also get to bring in an extra first round pick next year from the Dolphins. So we came up in that sense. So in reality, I would probably have all of our draft grades close to the same given, you know, what you get out of it. Um, I tend to agree with you. Uh, the Cowboys uh, draft class just kind of sticks out to me. Um, it's a lot of guys that I had on my draft board. And and let's be honest, the Cowboys went, well, what was wrong with the Cowboys last year, right? Defense. Well, that, that obviously, defense. obviously when Dak goes down, but even before that, I think that's what people, people got lost in the numbers last year in the offense for the Cowboys. The Cowboys were one and two, one and three when Dak went down. Yeah. And they were on their way to losing against the Giants that day yeah. before Dak went down. So they their defense was stinking up the joint. Yeah. <laughs> so you you look at it that and then you look at the Cowboys who they drafted with their first six picks, all defensive players. Um you get, you know, the best probably the best defensive player in the draft in in Michael Parsons. And then you get Kelvin Joseph in the second round um, at cornerback, which they they heavily they they needed that um, so bad. You know, we we talked about how they wanted Patrick Sertain, and the Broncos basically stole him from them. Um, so they went out and got their guy in the second round. So I, I thought the Cowboys' um, initial draft analysis had the best draft class um, in the NFC East. Like we said, we have to wait. You know, down the road, we'll see how it actually plays out. I think as an Eagles fan. 
I, I'm going to confidently say this. I love Mika Parsons as well, but I think out of the four, especially just night one, I think the Eagles got the best player out of the four in night one, and I don't think we've been able to say that for a long time. Yeah. When we've had, when we've watched the Cowboys gather Zeke, the Giants get Saquon, um, you know, and this hasn't resulted in winning. I'm not trying to say that. Uh, you know, Chase Young, number two overall last year. That they didn't get any guys that I'm like, oh, like. Now, great, we no. got to play them. So, like, Sertain would have been a guy. Not that Parsons yeah. isn't going to be really, really special. I'm not saying that. Sertain would have been like, damn, like we got to go against Pat Sertain twice a year. Parsons, yeah. how much is he going to impact the game um, for Dallas year one? What I what I would say about the Washington football team, I know we didn't touch on them much. Um, Jamin Davis is probably, you know, the least, like, popular pick yeah. out of the four. Um, but Jamin Davis is a stud, um, and, and, and I imagine he's going to fit right in with that front seven. Uh, so he should be able to make an immediate impact with Washington. But what would have gotten, get, what would have caused me to give them a great grade in the draft is I thought they should have been the Bears. I thought they should have traded up for Justin Fields. So, um, you know, in that sense, I thought that was their way of kind of getting that A, that A draft, um, which they just didn't do. Uh, I guess they like their quarterback room. I think the the Washington football team needs, you know, to get something for the future. Um, maybe they didn't want to go down that Ohio State well again. Maybe that's what it was. But uh, I would I would have made that move up to eleven, where you saw the uh, the uh, Bears move up to to get Fields. Completely agree with you, man. Um, when is the schedule release? Is it this Wednesday or the following? April. So the following Wednesday. Okay. Uh, also, this is adapt um, and change kind of podcast. I just want to see. Well, that wasn't, but that wasn't supposed to happen with the up top logo. Come on, how's that look? That's that's an Eagles background. I like that. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll switch it up here on Turf Talk. Yeah, that's yeah, it's like a nice that. little Eagles in Red the city. Bird. Um, but anyway, so guys, I think that's going to wrap up today's premiere of Turf Talk with Scott and I. So please go give my man Scotty a follow at Scotty Gr- Scotty Drowned on. <laughs> Twitter. Uh, Scott will be joining my, one of my shows here on the Painted Lines, the uh, the Daily Dose with Dylan Davis, tomorrow for it's normally uh, Mondays with Scotty. It will be another edition of Tuesdays with Scotty tomorrow. Um, and then Turf Talk will be back every Sunday. I know it's a Monday. Like I said, scheduling issue. We will be live every single Sunday um, or hopefully mostly Sundays. This Sunday, though, Scott, we do have a special guest coming on the show. The great Rob Motti will be joining us um, here on Turf Talk next Sunday night where we will continue to talk Eagles draft. Me and Scott gave you our opinions on this draft. We'll get his opinions on this Eagles draft class, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, everything like that. And then we'll just talk about this Eagles Eagles team as a whole currently constructed, where they stack up in the NFC East. Are we being too harsh on them? Is there reason for optimism when it comes to this Eagles team, or are we kind of right where we need to be um, with our level of pessimism? Uh, but Scott, anything you want to, anything you want to plug before we wrap up? No, man, just uh, be sure to tune in next week. It's going to be a good time with Rob. Um, you know, you guys know him um, from the all AP. So um, he, he, he kills it. He's, he covers the Eagles heavily, covers the NFL heavily. Um, so we can get questions in about the Eagles. We can get questions in about the NFL as well. Um, be sure to join us, guys. Submit your questions. We can ask them on air. Um, just just tune in and be sure to subscribe and like the video. 
awesome stuff. So as far as the Daily Dose goes tomorrow, tune in at 4 o'clock live here, wherever you're streaming on the Pain Alliance YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter accounts, as Scotty, myself, and our other co-host, Matt McGinty, will be talking more Eagles draft. We'll get Gint's takes, um, and then we'll have some Sixers and Phillies to get into as well. Have a nice night, everyone, and go Birds. It feels good go to say birds. that. Birds. Whatever you got to say, let me get that. To the end zone, touchdown! First down and more.